a lot of them. Ice on me, I'm popping. Try and get like me. All right, we are live. I've been waiting for this one. I'm excited. Um, we are live here, episode 51 of Stick With Your Dreams with Nathan Gordon, the CEO and founder of Sans Meal Bar. Um, you know what's really cool about this episode is I've known Nathan even before both of our CPG journeys. Uh, we used to work together in finance at Hulahan Loki. Nathan was my boss when I was an intern. And uh, it's awesome to be here uh, sharing his story. So, Nathan, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, Dave. It's uh, good to be here and uh, excited about it. Awesome, man. Well, um, you know, I'd love to kick off. Nate, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and uh, and how, you know, this really uh, began for you. Yeah, absolutely. So, like you said, you know, spent about uh, – 10 years or so investment banking, private equity, where we met at Houlihan um, and basically kind of got to a point where I found myself to be fairly unfulfilled. And, um, you know, I asked myself, why am I doing what I'm doing? And, you know, the only answer that I could come up with was, was money. And uh, that's a hard answer to look yourself in the mirror uh, and uh, know that it's true. So um, really always had a passion to build something, um, you know, really at the same time in my life was kind of struggling with uh, some hard times. And I was, uh, you know, I was really overweight. I was really just kind of very unhappy uh, at, at my life path. And uh, I really started digging in and learning more about the problems in the food system and the Western diet. And um, I myself kind of cut out processed foods and added sugar and, you know, noticed a dramatical difference in not only how I looked, but how I felt. And um, I basically, during that phase, kind of looked for this product and I realized that it didn't exist. And um, that was kind of the, the start of the kind of the idea. It, did, well, it wasn't that simple, but, you know, um, all these things kind of, they look more simple when you look back on it. But, you know, over a year, I kind of was thinking about this idea and, and uh, I thought it was pretty clear that there was an opportunity to, you know, build a complete meal in a package format made of uh, all natural ingredients, and no added sugar. And, you know, the biggest, you know, you understand you and I looked at a ton of businesses all the time and met with people that were so impressive. I was really surprised that it didn't exist, quite frankly. So, um, but yeah, but once we really figured out that this didn't exist, um, you know, we, we dove right in and, um, it's been a, it's been a fast go ever since. So, um, I really love this, you know, this thesis of buy a meal, give a meal, um, yeah. of how the Western diet just truly like what people are consuming on a daily basis. Uh, you know, you mentioned poison, like we are really yeah. at scale, uh, consuming products that are processed that are not good for us, not healthy. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'd love to hear just about your health journey and how you transitioned from, you know, what your your diet to what, where you are now um, and and some of the basic, um, you know, aspects of, of the nutrition in the bar that yeah. um, you might not get from, you know, eating the, the diet the way that you previously were or anyone might uh, today. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so it's really the core part, part of what we built. Um, so. <laughs> 
it's a little bit like this isn't like a war against food and a war against like meeting, you know, having dinner with friends and things like that. You know, where we traditionally make the worst decisions is when we have conference calls from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. or we're, you know, have, you know, take everything pre-COVID for a second. But, you know, we go work out and then we go to the office or whatever it is in the morning. So what we're really trying to do is just make it much simpler for people to eat real whole foods when they make usually pretty poor decisions for simply out of convenience because there just isn't good options available. So I was kind of a pretty, I think I was a perfect person to do this because I actually, you know, wasn't a good food rule follower. I was a very typical person stuck in the Western diet. I was very uneducated. I didn't look at ingredient lists and I just, you know, you remember the days, you know, you're working hundred hours. No, a we're, week. At, just, we're at the just, desk and like, we're not yeah. even thinking we're, I honestly don't even like remember half the meals I ate because I was right. doing something while I was eating. So like, right. it was whatever I could postmates or run across the street yeah. to the century city mall and grab, I would exactly. eat it, shovel it in while I'm eating, not even think about what it was consuming. Exactly. And I think an important moment for me was, um, I think, you know, you know, our mutual friend named Mark Martin, um, who, you know, is just a health and wellness guru. His office is right next to mine. And I remember one night I just asked him, why don't you ever come to dinner with us? And his response, because I was kind of like, why are you being antisocial? Why don't you? And his response was, do you have any idea what you're putting in your body? Like do you, you're killing yourself. And that was like an aha moment where I was like, no, I actually don't look or anything. So when you look at the statistics going back to, you know, the whole thing is this is just a lot of irony, right? We started talking about diet and calories and exercising, you know, going back to the 50s and 60s. And that's when we've all gotten really, really fat, right? Because this food industry, you know, revolves around money, right? So uh, making products really cheap, very, very shelf stable that last a long time on the shelf and um, that taste insanely good. And not only that, but getting consumers addicted to a different kind of taste that literally is addictive um, in terms of this added sugar that's in just lace and all these pro products. And it's, you know, once you dig in, it's not just, you know, Snickers bars, it's, it's ketchup, it's macaroni and cheese, it's meat, it's everything has all of the sugar in it. And, you know, you look at what we've, you know, our obesity rates and our diabetes and cancer and all the correlation that simply just, you know, the foods that we're eating um, has to, you know, how we are as a country. So, you know, taking that all, I think you kind of mentioned buy meals, give meals, but basically the thesis there was what really got me excited about this business was you could use it to help solve two really important problems. One is the uh, making it just simply a lot easier for people to eat really healthy. Again, not eat a Sam's meal bar at every single dinner. That's not what we're saying. But, you know, whether it's five times a month, whether it's three times a month, whether it's 10 times a month, it's just a lot easier to eat something that is going to be a low calorie meal that is only real foods. And then second, you know, to, you know, use it to combat world hunger, really the inspiration behind this was, was what Blake McCoskey did at Tom's, but uh, basically, you know, I have a long history of going to Haiti and I've always wanted to incorporate a social mission in Haiti with an entrepreneurial venture in the U S. Um, so 
Um, Can you share more about your personal tie to Haiti? I know you said uh, I, yeah. I read those 20 years of personal uh, you know, service that's been that you've spent mm -hmm. going to Haiti. Um, uh, I, I read that it was, you know, one of the most undernourished places in the Western hemisphere. Can you share your relationship to Haiti and, you know, yeah. a little more about it? Sure. So I first went there when I was 12 and, um, you know, to see stuff like that when you're 12, it's a pretty lasting impression. Um, you know, one little side note, I would encourage anyone and everyone to go visit the third world. It'll forever change your life. Um, there's no one I've taken to Haiti um, that hasn't had an amazing time. And I think a very life-changing experience. Um, but basically, you know, my dad is a, a pastor. So that's kind of how I got access to this. Uh, he had a relationship with a Haitian pastor that he had taught in seminary at Northern Seminary in Chicago. And, um, you know, so he has been going for, you know, 35 years. And uh, so I kind of went with him as a kid. He took all of me and my siblings as we were growing up. And, you know, I kind of caught the bug a little bit. And, um, you know, at this point, I teach a class at a business school in Haiti um, every spring. Um, and, uh, basically built these relationships over, you know, all of this time. So we really have a unique perspective of relationships with true leaders in these communities. And so we can, you know, we don't just partner up with some charity and not that I'm not saying that that's not bad, but like, this is a truly like boots on the ground social mission where we are literally, uh, giving p people food that they don't know where their next meal is coming from. Right. So, you know, the average person in Haiti makes about, you know, $3 a day, uh, you know, unemployment rate north of 80%. Um, so, um, and, and it's important to not only get calories, but, you know, healthy calories. So, you know, we talked about when we were designing the meal program for one of our partners, you know, I asked, Hey, would it be okay if we use brown rice? And, they laughed and smiled. I mean, well, of course, that's what rich people eat. Like we would love it if you use brown rice. So it's a very, um, it, it, you know, every time I go and obviously I haven't been in a year because of COVID, but I'm getting ready to go again and I can't wait. But every time I go, it's a reminder, you know, I come back like, Hey, we have to make this business really successful and work so we can change all these people's lives. It's, it's a really, uh, something that um, is a big part of, you know, the DNA of, of, of our, of our company. And, um, you know, we've done a limited edition flavor in honor of, of Haiti a couple of months ago. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of a little bit of the history, but it's, you know, it's a big part, you know, on our packaging, it talks about it on every meal bar that we sell. Um, it's a big part of, you know, the brand, the brand story. I mean, I think, using business for social change is always can always have, you know, the, the biggest impact, you know, products like food and beverage brands or, or products can impact millions or billions of people. You can take those proceeds to actually make a difference. Uh, yeah. I, I, I love this story. I think it really resonates incredibly powerful, but also it probably reminds you like as challenging and intense as our days are, you know, building companies uh, it puts things in perspective uh, in terms of, you know, how, how tough it can really be. So 100%. Yeah. Perspective is everything as, as you get, as you know. Yep. Absolutely.
So, so Nate, um, and I think because both of us really have very similar experiences, I'd love to share with a lot of folks uh, what that transition was like going from <laughs> iBanking, private equity into CPG, the huge mm-hmm. differences in terms of lifestyle, um, risk, psychological, emotional, um, anything you can share because there are a lot of people I know that want to make the jump from financial services or any other career. And, uh, you know, you've done it. Um, you know, definitely at a, a later stage in the career, but just I mm-hmm. commend you for it because, you know, all in it's, it's so impressive and, and admirable and I uh, would love you to share a little bit more about that. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah. I think that um, I love the, I love the Naval Ravikant line, the two most addictive things in life for heroin and salary. So I think that uh, <laughs> as you mentioned, I was a little bit older and later than you. So, you know, I walked away from a lot of money to come do this. Um, and, you know, I was, I was having friends, I was having dinner, you know, right kind of at that time where it started being okay to see people. So not that long ago. And, you know, one's one guy's an MD at a private, big, a big investment bank. One guy's a partner at a very big fund. And, um, we got done with dinner it was in Brentwood and they walk out and they, and they, you know, get their, valet tickets out and they start seeing me walk down San Vicente They're like well where are you going I'm like oh man I parked down on the street like a mile and a half down the road and they're just like wow you know so um it's it's a but at the, at the same time I told those guys you know I've never been you know more poor from a cash perspective but I've never been happier so I think that really I think one key thing is, t- is really learning that money and happiness are not the same thing. Um, and also, um, so that's one key thing, uh, that, 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 that I've learned. Um, and you know, I was, you know, I was making a lot of money and I was very unhappy. Uh, the, but, but in terms of making the leap, I would say, um, save up as much money as you can because it's going to be more expensive than you think uh, to um, it's going to be a lot harder than you think. Um, I, and the world is changing really, really fast. And I think one, one thing that when you're in the advisory business, it's, it's, it's not really, you know, whether you're an advisor or you're a principal investor um, you know, you're doing fine things and, but you're not, you're not, in the driver's seat, you're not building a business. It, it's it's very hard to learn these lessons of the modern world. You know, one quick example would be the evolution of DTC. Um, you know, we started this business in very late in 2018, and I know you've had some similar learning experiences as well. But you know, I really, really, I really thought we were going to be able to scale a DTC business, um, and if we would have started this in 2013, 2014, 2015, I think we could have. Um, and uh, so it's just, you know, being in the game is is a lot different. And you have a whole level of respect for all those people that you've met that you maybe thought, wow, they don't know a lot about finance or they don't know <laughs> about valuation or, you know, these, well, you know, financial people, they have their core competency. Uh, entrepreneurs and people build businesses, they don't go around telling people all day long what their business is worth. That's not what they do. So they probably don't know it as well as you do. So I think you have a whole new respect for um, anyone that has built a business. I would just have an amazing amount of respect for 
because, you know, I've walked in these shoes now. So um, incredible amount of learnings. I also would encourage, um, I think I tell people all the time, one, I think entrepreneurship is way over celebrated in our society and people don't need to be entrepreneurs to be good people or to be contributing members of society. That's, I think that's way, way, way overplayed. Also, on the other side, I would say, if you have a real, real itch, you know, I mean, I meet with Houlihan guys still today all the time. If you have a real, real itch to, to build a business or you have a de- an idea that's not going away, it's not going to go away. And I encourage people to really, really dig into it and, and, and do it. So, um, so yeah, that's a few thoughts, but I don't know if any of that resonated with you. Dude, I mean, of course, uh, I would say I look at my 22 to 25 year old self and and I'm disappointed just because, frankly, I was I was an asshole. Like I would go into these meetings and I'd sit with these C-suite guys and I was judgmental. And I was like, man, mm-hmm. I, dude, I even think we had a con- I can't believe they're running this business in QuickBooks. Like I right. would make these statements as a 25 year old guy thinking I knew anything about these industries. And I would jump into new businesses for 30, 60, 90 days and think I was an expert. And I'm not saying yeah. there's some really impressive, uh, you know, M&A guys, private equity guys that, that can become so smart and insanely successful. But for me to think that I could jump in in 60 days and be an industry ex- expert um, after 10, 20, 30 years of continuing to build a business uh, is embarrassing. And it's yeah. something like I try and have a lot more empathy uh, is sitting on the opposite side of the table uh, you know, the amount of people that even when, when I started, when you started, that judged, that criticized, that told me I was ruining my life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think I think the hardest transition is that first 24 months mm-hmm. when you're doing something radically different. And you mm-hmm. and I worked so hard to work our way up the ladder, you know, 80 hour, 100 hour plus work weeks, um, perfecting our financial modeling skills, crushing those, uh, you know, those decks management presentations, um, really playing, playing that game and to unplug is, is especially when you're being compensated for that type of, uh, uh performance is, is, it's one of the hardest things I've, I've personally ever experienced. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with everything. And I think one thing to say, as you reflect, I think we can all hope that as we get a little older and years go by, you know, I think we should all aspire, you know, to get a little humbler, and to um, you know appreciate um, the skill sets and competencies um, of, of other folks. I liked what you said in your newsletter. You know, I think it was last Sunday or two weeks ago about you know getting people involved that uh, are are subject matter experts. One person, two people. They don't. We don't know everything, right? So we need help from people. And you know, I think humility is one of the most underrated. Um, characteristics of good leaders in business because what's celebrated are these, you know, geniuses that, you know, people think they figure everything out, which of course they don't, but, um, you know, and really embracing that, Hey, we all need help and everyone, you know, people typically want to contribute and can contribute, um, you know, in, in the areas where, you know, they have, you know, expertise or core competency and, I think that should be celebrated a little bit more. And I think we all learn that a little bit more as we become a little less know-it-all kids uh, as the years progress. 
I also think there's something to be said about just like you like staying in the game. Like yeah. there's a lot of people that'll take huge bets or risks. They'll put all their money into D2C. They'll raise a ton of VC funding. Uh, they'll bet on a big retailer that doesn't make sense for their business. Mm-hmm. But like if you're the slow build over three, five, 10 years, I mean, I know 10 years in this industry, like Nate, you're, you're going to be successful. Like it's all about like those people that continue to show up. And you know who says that a lot is uh, Brian from Carew or Snack Nation. He talks a lot about just like long-term persistence and grit and becoming the smartest person in the space, connecting with like-minded founders. Eventually, yep. if you hang around the hoop long enough, like you're going to, you're going to, you know, throw the dog well, down and score. Well, look, I'm encouraged a lot by another thing. And, and we talk a little bit offline as well. So, you know, we have, you and I, I think have a lot of commonalities and how we think about how to scale these businesses and how, uh, you know, the lessons that we're learning, right? And I'm encouraged, I'm really encouraged, uh, you know, when I look at you and Dream Pops and I see all of these, you know, for me, the last six months, eight months, I think you're just really getting a lot of return on all of the effort, inertia, hustle um, that, you know, and, and you're seeing it, right? And it's it's the law of compounding is just so incredibly um, true in this business, all businesses. Um, but, you know, as I reflect, you know, I have our first, we have kind of a new formal advisory board. We have a, our first meeting today, actually. And I was preparing the materials. And I think that, the, I think I put a sentence in there. It said, at this point, you know, the biggest lesson that I've learned is I need time more than anything else and i think that people that you know i think buying a customer base is really hard um and arguably not very smart um you know and i there's a lot of you actually want to sell um you know waterloo was a great example of the success it had at the acv it had you actually want to sell uh, it's a lot more capital efficient to build a business where you have a lot smaller uh, user base of really high repeat people than, you know, selling products to, you know, millions of people that have it once. Um, it's, you know, this is a brutal, brutal business. Um, and you have to be able to build something where you're, you're truly building fans and you're learning, um, you know, from everything that you're trying, you know, we've, we've changed, you know, we've since we've launched only what we launched in like December of 2018. So not that long ago, we've you know switched around SKUs. We've changed our formulas. We've we've done all kinds of things. We went from 100% DTC to completely, completely on my channel, and I think we're gonna we're, we're completely dedicated to that strategy. Um, and you know, basically, completely not paying for customers. We don't pay for customers. We don't run ads. We don't, we're, you know, we rely on word of mouth and we rely on really targeted trials. So, um, and being in the right retailers, right? I think the big thing, and James Richardson talks about this too, you and I are in this, it's so hard. (laughs) And it's like, man, yeah, give me those 5,000 doors so I can like, it'd be great to make $60,000 next year. Like it's, and I know that sounds crazy, but that's literally the world that I'm in. Yeah. It's, 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 Hey, I, I got to make a little, I, it's, I've been doing this for three, four years, whatever it is. I need to start making some money. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so I think the the real, real, real returns, I think ultimately where a lot of this stuff shakes out, a lot of these VC overfunded businesses with valuations that are not going to work out. Um, the, I think the there's going to be an overwhelming proportion of people that the patient are really, really rewarded. And, you know, that's a key part of, you know, how we're building our business. I just uh, had a great chat with Ian from ME Organics. I uh, mm-hmm. interviewed him last week and also Mike Fada yesterday from Manitoba yeah. Harvest. These are guys that built their companies over like 10 to 20 years and raised little to no funding. Ian raised $0 in funding and, and, and it's now, you know, a 10 figure business. Mike similar raised $1 million in equity capital. Um, and it just goes to show you mentioned time when you raise $10 million at a $50 million valuation and you're doing a million in sales or less, you have less time because if you don't close the retailers with a year long sales cycle and get the D to C growth and pay for the expensive customer acquisition, you run out of money, your valuation makes no sense and you down round or you go out of business. And so, yes, it's epic to get that dopamine hit, at, you yep. know, headline, raise $10 million, you're a genius, you're a visionary, yeah. but I would take a successful, profitable business every single time over that quick headline hit. So I just think that's another thing to double down on. You and I aren't guys that just like raise $50 million to go scale the business. It's just right. it's not the model. I think you have to embrace and of course, like people don't have to think what we think and that's fine. And there's many people that there are some um, businesses that yeah. where that works, by the way, and you have totally. to because the because the TAM is so big and speed right. is the is of the essence. I think a lot of these, frankly, like alt meat, alt dairy, yes. like Calafia, yeah. uh, beyond meat, impossible. You need that. Kind and of they're different. They're different from a capital perspective as well, from, you know, facilities and, and vertical integration and all that completely. Yeah, 100% yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm generally talking about, you know, brands that are literally doing what we're doing. You know, let's just generally take a broad s- scope. You know, most most people don't make their own product. It's traditionally a copac, you know, industry. Um, and most people, you know, have um, should, I think, in my opinion, have fairly small, scrappy teams. Now, I think our approach is let's really, really embrace short-term pain. Now everything's relative, right? Short-term pain for me, five, six, seven years for a lot of long-term enjoyment, right? It's, it's, it's everything, right? It's, it's, you know, you you eat well now for long-term health. You it's, it's, it's embracing short-term pain for, for kind of, you know, long-term benefit. And I think there's a lot in this industry in particular, especially when there's so much capital available and there's a lot of people that, you know, might resonate, you know, if, you know, you have a very on-trend product, I think our product is definitely very on-trend, but I think that we also, you know, I think a big thing for us is we're, we're always trying to play long-term games, right? And I think fads and non-recognizable ingredients, um, are short-term games. So when we, you, you, you mentioned a little something uh, previously about, you know, the ingredients that we were trying to use and things like that. And I don't think we touched on it, but it kind of comes into play here where um, I'm okay to let people 
win a bunch of short-term games right now in similar adjacent categories um, because I believe the future, the, the bet that we're making, and we vetted this pretty heavily with subject matter experts and people that have followed this industry for ages. And if you look at your ingredient list, I think you definitely agree with what I'm about ready to say. But I think the big bet is we're betting that the ingredient list is going to win at the end of the day, not the nutrition label. So, um, you know, if you look Love at, that. you know, really what a lot of, you know, nutritionists that are really out there that really, you know, have worth a lot of salt, people like Mark Hyman, people like that. It's very, very, very similar feedback is people let's eat real food. Stop trying to eat zero carbs. Stop trying to eat. <laughs> it's, it's eat real food. Don't eat added sugar. A lot of it. And don't and don't eat chemically processed stuff. And we're going to be a lot. I mean, if everyone kind of took that approach, and we're trying to provide a product that just makes it a lot easier, because okay, what if you can do that? And hey, it's super convenient. Don't have to cook it. Don't have to think about it. Don't have to process. And you know, it tastes pretty good. Um, hey, this isn't a very hard decision to make, right? So that's kind of the real thesis here. So. Again, this ties back into capital. This ties back into everything. It's a broader approach of we're very, very interested in playing long-term games. And um, and that's with patience, capital, and product design. Will you, will you give people an update on where SANS is today, where people can buy it and find it, um, and, and you know what to expect, what you can share for the next 12, 24 months? Yeah. Um, when it's available, you can buy it on our website. Uh, we're, as, as you appreciate, we're dealing with a lot of stock issues right now, which is, you know, challenging, but you know, sansmillbar.com, Amazon, um, is primarily where we, we fulfill e-commerce, uh, in stores. You can find us in, um, Whole Foods in California, Nevada, Hawaii, um, Arizona, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, um, Oklahoma, uh, and you can find us in Gelson, Southern California, Erwan, places like that. We're heavily, heavily West Coast based. We're in, um, you know, 350 or so doors right now. So it's a pretty. I didn't know you guys had Whole Foods Southwest. Let's go, epic. Yeah, that's new news. Congratulations. Thank you. Big. Yes, so we've got that, and so we'll be joining you guys. And uh, you know, and you know, we're going to be really showing up in New York um, in the next couple of, you know, next month or so. I was. It's funny. I was in New York last week and I texted you. I was like, man, I can't go to a store that your product's not in here, man. And uh, everywhere I go, uh, Dave Greenfield is, is, is there. So, um, you know, it's uh, so, yeah, really the business is, is still majority e-commerce right now. Um, but the retail business is really, you know, in COVID, in a time period where our category was really down in the grocery store in COVID because out of home eating was way, was way down. Right. So people are grabbing a lot less nutrition bars and things like that in the store. Um, you know, we really, really grew our retail presence. Um, and, um, you know, we've got one other very exciting retail retailer that, you know, is not public yet that, um, is going to be a pretty massive game changer as far as to people being able to buy us, you know, in a lot more places. So, um, you know, fresh markets, another one, you know, throughout the Southeast, uh, that we're in as well. Amazing, man. That's huge, huge distribution gains plus e-com business. I mean, it's, it's really amazing to hear. So congrats on all that traction. Thanks my friend. I appreciate it.
Yeah. Um, I guess just to be cognizant of time, I know it's a busy yeah. day. Uh, what, what, what can you leave any potential uh, founders, people who want to go build a company? Uh, that's one. And then two, what's the long-term vision for, for SANS and, and where do you yeah. see this in the next decade or two? Yeah. Uh, you know, as it relates to advice, you know, I would say um, lean into cu your curiosity and lean in to, you know, keep learning, right? If you keep learning thing, I think a lot of people come to me and say, Hey, I want to really, I want to do what you're doing, but I don't know what to do. Well, I didn't know what to do my whole life either. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, I think, I think, um, you know, turn off the TV and open up books and read and learn. Like, I think the, the best advice I would give anyone that is interested in entrepreneurship or building businesses is, you know, become a learning machine and, ideas are going to come and opportunities are going to, you're going to see them. Uh, as it relates to the vision of SANS, um, gosh, uh, I'm trying to stay alive, my brother. Uh, listen, man, this is hard work. Uh, you know, really, um, I think we have a really very, very big opportunity to really become the meal replacement leader in a very big segment um, you know, with our, you know, being the product leader. So, um, you know, will that go past bars and things like that? Yes. Eventually we have a lot of work to do with our kind of hero product. I see us maybe doing another product similar to kind of your, you know, timeline, you know, so it's not going to be next year, um, possibly the year after that. Um, we're, we're actively working on things and we're excited about that. Um, uh, but it's really making it, the vision is really to just make it a product that makes it so much easier for people to eat whole foods like that's it. And, um, and then to use that to really help solve, you know, the problem of global hunger. I mean, that's really why we wake up every morning. That's what we're trying to do. And we're trying to make a, a brand that connects with consumers that listens to the consumer that puts the consumer at, um, the forefront. Um, and, um, we're excited. We're having lots of fun, but um, I think we share sentiments that this is a, uh, this is really tough. You know, I mean, right now, like this week I'm dealing with, you know, one in particular really tough issue. So in some of those things, it's, it's not like always like wake up and having so much fun, but it's, it's definitely it's, not. Um, <laughs> right. Right. So and I remember thinking, Hey, I'm going to start this business and every day is just going to be like heaven. Like it's now, I love it. I love what I'm doing. I think this is, I, I, I agree with some of the things that you've said in public about, I think it's, I have so much gratitude that this is the life that I get to lead. Like I get to, you know, wake up and have the opportunity to um, work with the team that we have and try to build this business together. So, um, but yeah, very, very hard work. And um but we're excited about the future and, and what, what's, what's happening. Dude, I think from a step back third party, I think the hardest part is done. I think getting into 300 to 500 doors and proving that you can turn and that the supply chain works plus e-com, I think your hardest part is done, my friend. I think you're going to, you know, you're going to start to see uh, step ups in growth and sales and uh, conversion so from a third party here, I, I educate think, yes, part. new challenges, harder, 
but zero yeah. to 300 to 500 doors is the hardest. And yeah. that initial, you know, million dollars in sales, whatever it is, 500 a million dollars in yep. sales, proving people are returning and buying the product. I think that's one of the hardest things. So I commend you on it. And uh, I'm just excited to, to continue watching it, you know, flourish. So exciting, man. Well, love, love what you do and love watching uh, what you do as well. And uh, one thing I want to say before we get off is, you know, I'm a big fan of your legacy product, but your new product, I think, is just really, really fantastic. Um, I, as I told you, I'm still waiting to get that birthday cake in the West Coast. So you let me know when it's in storage. But I, um, I really think you've done a tremendous job. And I think you've been a really good leader and example for people uh, as it relates to, you know, things that you do on LinkedIn, uh, this show, um, really kind of connecting the community and also, um, you know, sharing, you know, things that, you know, have worked for you and things and sharing the truth that, hey, Dream Pops is where it is now because of the work. It's not because we've ra you've raised all this money buying all these customers. It's because you put in the hard work and that's why you're getting the returns. And then it's, uh, it's beautiful to see my friend. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. It takes a village and, and I honestly couldn't do without our team. So Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it means a lot, but uh, you know, onwards and upwards and uh, let's, let's make sure to get together soon. All right, my friend. Cheers, buddy. All right. See ya.